Joshua chapter 1, verse 9. And it says, Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous? Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. What an amazing verse that is. And it really fits well into what I was planning to talk about today. And my title is Trust in God in Our Hard Times. He is the lifter of our head. And that comes from Psalm 3. Now, Psalm 3 covers several things and starts with David who cries out to God in a desperate situation. Then his de declaration of faith. Then he talks about his source of peace and his confidence, which is put in God. And then there's a prayer regarding his enemies. But then it finishes with David's deliverance and where it came from. So I'm going to just put my computer down and start teaching you. Now, I hope that as we go through this, that if you're suffering from hard times, that you will really listen to this service. I love it when you have just prayed. You have spent time praying for each other, praying for each other, lifting up the issues. And there are plenty of issues. And I just love it when the church takes the time to reflect and to listen and to pray. I think it's a great blessing for a church. But I want to start my sermon this morning um, with a reading from Psalm chapter 3. And it's a psalm of David, but when he fled from his son Absalom. Now, that's a serious thing to face when you're fleeing from your own son. But let me read it. And if you've got your own Bible, you could perhaps turn to this or turn it up on your, your iPhone. Oh, Lord, so many are against me. So many seek to harm me. I have so many enemies. What a way to start a psalm. So many say that God will never help me. But Lord, you are my shield, my glory, and my only hope. You alone can lift my head, not now bowed in shame. I cried out to the Lord, and he heard me from his temple in Jerusalem. Then I lay down and slept in peace and woke up safely, for the Lord was watching over me. And now, although 10,000 enemies surround me on every side, I am not afraid. I will cry to him, Arise, O Lord, save me, O my God. And he will slap them in the face, insulting them and breaking off their teeth. For salvation comes from God. What joys he gives to all his people. Wow, what a psalm. It covers so many different things. But let's explore that. Now, the first question, why was this psalm written? And importantly, in what ways can we apply this psalm to ourselves today? It's all right listening to the psalm, but we need to learn how to apply it. So what you hear on a Sunday, you should be able to apply on a Monday. And that will encourage us and help us grow in faith and understanding and who we are as Christ-serving people. Now, what is the history behind the psalm? It's important. 
In Samuel chapter 1, we read that David was anointed by Samuel, the prophet, to be the next king of Israel. King Saul was in power at the time, and David had to wait 35 years before he was finally anointed king over Judah, and seven years later, king over all Israel. Now, we know that there are many good and many sad things that happened during David's reign. And in Samuel chapter 15 uh, to 18, we read how his own son, Absalom, had determined to overthrow David so he himself could become king. So there was a huge battle going on in the family. Absalom had already murdered one of his own brothers. So he had been banished. But now he is back in Jerusalem. He's risen up against his father and he has declared himself king of all Israel. Now, of course, this meant that David's life was in danger because his son wanted to kill him. You can't get any worse than that. But David also knew that while he ran away, that some of his trusted leaders were siding with Absalom and had joined in his rebellion. So this psalm is a prayer that comes from very challenging circumstances for David. It's a, it's a cry of help. It's one thing to have to run from an enemy, but he was actually running from his own son. Now, he loved his son. He loved him very much, and he never stopped loving him, even though he was being pursued. David found himself in a world full of trouble. But the question is, in that trouble, how did he cope? How did he cope when things were really going seriously against him. Now, I want to come up a few thousand years and come up to 2000 or 2020 to our world today because, you see, we live in a very troubled world. There are constant wars, rumours of war and difficulties in every land. COVID particularly is having a huge impact and we've already heard that this morning in so many places. Uh, England, they've got huge lockdowns. The US, they're putting people away into hospital or they're dying in large numbers. Um, I looked up the statistics and even in Tokyo, there's been an increase. We're all affected by it, whether it's in schools or businesses or our friends or people we know. So it is serious. And I would like to ask a very important question. How do you personally cope with everything that is happening. I've seen fear in people's faces. I've listened to conversations. There is a lot of concern in people's lives. You see, suffering, difficulty, and hardship, they're universal. They're experienced by all people. And no one really escapes this unless you're living on an island by yourself somewhere. But how do we respond to things that are often quite huge, that often separates people in terms of their sufferings. How we suffer and the attitude in which we suffer is actually very important. So today we're going to look at Psalm 3 and see how David responded to his suffering in his time. Now here goes an interesting point. Listen to this. Did David get angry? Did he get bitter? Did he get resentful with what was happening? He had every cause to, but did he? And the big answer is no. Rather than responding to God out of anger or bitterness or any other negative feelings, 
of wanting to blame God, David actually turned to him every single time something challenging happened in his life. Now today, when things get hard, we like David, we have a choice to either respond with despair or faith and trust in God. Two often diametrically opposed things. Do we despair in all the difficulties or do we have faith and trust in God? And this is how David's prayer begins when he was fleeing from his son Absalom in Psalm 3. We read in verse 1 to 2, in his cry out to God in his desperate situation, he, he cried out to him, so many seek to harm me. I have so many enemies. O oh Lord, so many are against me. Wow, he must have been suffering. So many seek to harm me. I have so many enemies. You see, this first verse really gives us a good idea of his state of heart. And verse 2, he goes on with an echo, the opinion of those around him. So many say that God will never help me. Wow. They're saying that there is nothing God can do, that he is out of God's reach. What a terrible thing to say to a man. There was even a man named Shimi who was saying even worse things. And that, plus throwing rocks at David and his men who were running away from Absalom's men. Imagine, you know, he's not only being mentally tormented, he was being physically tormented. What a situation. We read in this in 2 Samuel chapter 16, verses 7 to 8. This is what it's talking about, him getting thrown rocks. Get out of here, you murderer, you scoundrel, he shouted at David. The Lord is paying you back for murdering King Saul and his family. You stole his throne, and now the Lord has given it to your son, Absalom. At last, you will taste some of your own medicine, you murderer. Imagine that being said to him when he was in such a de desperate place. That's a terrible thing to say to anybody when they're going through hard times. And the only one they're saying who could deliver you is actually against you. He's saying that God is against you. Now, this would be the worst fear that anyone could have, that there is no help for us from God. Imagine if it was you and someone said to you, hey, God won't help you. Yeah, it would just compound your sadness and your desperation. But what happened? We happen to be, or we should be, wise like David. For someone to say that to you is terrible. But what did David do? David would not accept that line of reasoning. He wouldn't listen to that negative comment that God wasn't with him. And so we read in verse 3, in Psalm 3, David's declaration of faith in God. He said, I have faith. And this is what he said. But Lord, you are my shield, my glory, and my only hope. I'm going to read that again because I think that needs to sink into some of your lives in your minds. Lord, you are my shield. You are my glory and my only hope. And he says, you alone can lift my head now bowed in shame. Imagine if we could say that and really meant it, and David could, even though he was facing such adverse, terrible circumstances. Now, you see, David, he is a warrior. He's a soldier. 
And so he's using a language of the battlefield to describe God's protection and care. And he says, you are my shield. Wow. God could shield him and protect him. And he knew that. What he's actually saying is that in the midst of his battle that is going on, and that included his son hunting him down like an animal, his trusted leaders rebelling and going to Absalom's side, people saying to him that there is no hope and he's beyond the reach of God and that God is against him and punishing him. But he, he makes this declaration in verse 3, despite all those horrible things coming against him, he says, but you, O Lord, are my shield, my glory. What incredible confidence in the middle of this terrible situation. In other words, he is saying, you are the one who is going to vindicate me. He is saying that he doesn't need to make matters work in, in, in his own hands because God it is God who is righteousness, righteous, and he will do what is right. It is God who will keep him from walking in shame and defeat. Imagine applying that to our lives when things are really against us. And then David goes on to say, and this is important, if you are feeling bowed down and absolutely in distress because of whatever is happening in your world, you alone can lift my head now bowed in shame. He wasn't being stupid. He was saying, God, you're greater. You can care for me. You can lift my head. And it's a very interesting phrase. It's describing the reality of his head actually being mentally heavy in the stress of the battle. Let me ask you, have you ever been so bowed down by the things that are going wrong in your life that you can't control but are going wrong that You've ended up feeling depressed and heavy and sad. All those things that bow our heads down. That We look down and we just don't want to look up. But, you know, here he's talking and he's saying that God is able to lift that weight and relieve that distress and shame. Wow, that's so crucial for each of us when we go through stress. And I guess probably the most challenging thing that we do when we're going through hardship is to try and get our eyes off our hardships. When things are going against you and you're bowed down by them, try to lift your heart and mind off those things. When we are hurting, we often focus on the source of our pain. Whatever that source is, whether it's a person or a group of people or it's a pandemic that's going on around us or maybe a loss of job, we, we're bowed down and we fix our minds, we think on that very thing. And in doing this, we have our eyes down about what is happening at the place where the difficulty is. David is saying, not only are you my shield of protection around me, the one who will vindicate me, but also the lifter of my head, the one who keeps my heart from being consumed by the difficulty. You know, we often face difficult situations, but here it's saying an amazing thing. As a Christian, as a person who has a, a faith, a personal faith in Jesus Christ and God the Father, that they're my shield of protection. They will vindicate me. They will lift my head up and they'll stop my heart being consumed by the difficulty. I wonder Christians can live with hope in their heart despite 
your circumstances. And I want to ask you a question. How is that possible? How can he lift your head? How can he vindicate? How can he be a shield? What does it, what does it take on our part for our hearts to be lifted by the Lord and to find peace? And I'll say that again. What does it take on our part for our hearts to be lifted up by the Lord and find his peace? It's already talking about it. It's okay talking about it, but how does it actually happen? Now, verse 4 tells us where David's peace came from. The answer is, and it's strange, by crying out to the Lord. Verse 4 says, I cried out to the Lord. Did he ignore me? No, he heard me from his temple in Jerusalem. Now, I guess where the Holy of Holies was, that's where David knew that God was. And so that's why he uses that term, the temple in Jerusalem. When we call out, we're talking to God in heaven through Jesus Christ, as we talked about last week or the other week. And we see that I cried out to the Lord. We hear and see David is doing this in Psalm 61, verses 1 to 3. And it says, Hear my cry, O God. Listen to my prayer. From the ends of the earth I call to you when my heart is faint. Lead me to the rock. And we sung about the rock before. And this rock is Jesus Christ that is higher than I. For you have been my refuge, a strong tower against the enemy. You see, we're great at crying out in our difficulties. But are we that great in crying out to the Lord? We cry out to people far before we'll ever cry to, to the Lord. Now, you probably notice that. You'll talk to your friends. You'll talk to perhaps your pastor, other people. But do you actually cry out to God? David is saying he cried out to the Lord. And that is why he was able to have his head lifted. It wasn't a human thing, it was a spiritual thing. And he began to see things from God's perspective. Boy, that's powerful. That's really important. So often we talk about the peace that passes all understanding. And we ask, where is that peace that God promises us in times of difficulty? And we say we want that peace. But the interesting thing is that that peace doesn't come free. It actually comes with conditions. Philippians 4 verses 6 to 7 tells us what the conditions are. First of all, it says, don't worry about anything. Well, when things are really tough, we do worry, but it says, don't do it. Don't choose to worry. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God your needs. See, there's that communication. Now, in David's words, cry out to the Lord. And don't forget to thank him afterwards for his answers. So that's an amazing promise that when we are in trouble, we can cry out. God doesn't mind. He loves it. But then it tells us, if you do this, you will experience God's peace. You see, there was an action. There was a condition to get God's peace, which is far more wonderful than the human mind can understand. His peace will keep your thoughts and your hearts quiet and at rest as you trust in Christ Jesus. These are wonderful promises, but notice it's conditional about crying out to the Lord. You can talk to people, but always to God about your difficulties too. Now, I might have said this, but when I first started in pastoral ministry many years ago, um, I had so many things that really concerned me about how do I begin to 
build a church. And so I would lie awake at night time and I would think and struggle to get to sleep. And then one night I woke up to the fact that God doesn't sleep. He's awake 24 hours a day, but I have to sleep. And so I turned them over to God and I said, these are your problems. You help me. Do you know, I went straight to sleep. And on many occasions when things have got very burdensome, when I've had lots of issues, I just say to God, these are your problems. Help me, but I want to sleep and wake refreshed in the morning. And it's worked for me. And so I'm not just talking about something I don't understand. But, um, but people, they may come to you and talk about their problems. But do you need, you need to be bold enough to ask them if they have taken it to God. Now that might take a bit of courage, but you're telling them the truth. Now if they haven't, perhaps we need to ask uh, if you could both pray together about their problem. Uh, it's the only way that we can have God's true peace when we seek him, put our problems before him and trust him for the answers. And it says, don't be anxious about anything, but take that time you would be worrying and talk to God about it. And that is something very intentional, but very helpful. It is such a privilege for us to be able to do this. You see, God promises to hear us and meet us at a place of need. Listen to Psalm 34, verses 17 to 18. Yes, the Lord hears the good man when he calls to him for help and saves them out of all his troubles. The Lord is close to those whose heart is breaking. He rescues those who are humbly sorry for their sins. Maybe your heart is breaking over an issue, health issue, a family issue. Um, there's all sorts of factors, but God is listening. And he loves to help and to save him out of all his troubles. Now, verse 5 to 6 in, in Psalm 3 is the proof of the confidence that David had when he put his trust in God. I'll say that again. It's the proof of the confidence that David had when he put his trust in God. This is the proof of the confidence had uh, been given. Then I lay down and slept in peace and woke up safely, for the Lord was watching over me. Remember, people were hunting him to kill him. He must have been stressed out of his mind, but he put them into God, and he trusted God with the answer. And he lay down and went to sleep. By himself? No, in peace. In peace that he slept, despite all the issues going around. Boy, we can learn a lot from that. You see, God enabled David to, to lie down and sleep. And he goes on here and he says, And now, although 10,000 enemies surround me on every side, I am not afraid. I will not be afraid. See the confidence that he suddenly had despite these enormous difficulties pressing in around him. Now, when David makes statements like this, we need to understand he's not saying that we're never going to be tempted to be afraid. Um, He's voicing his determination not to give in to fear under any circumstance. We can be afraid, I think. Um, sometimes it saves our life when we're afraid of things. But what he's saying, and listen to this, he's saying, I'm not going to give in to fear under any circumstance. Being afraid is sometimes it's a natural thing, but fear is something that we're talking about. 
I will not be afraid even though 10,000 enemies surround me. The answer, I will trust in the Lord. Now we are tempted to be afraid. Every day in tough times, I guarantee every one of us have experienced that. But we can all learn from David's attitude because he is looking into the face of fear that he could be tempted to give into. And he says, no, I'm not going to give in. He, he, he faced fear. He faced the potential of fear, but he also determined that he wasn't going to give into it. David understood that fear was just as bad an enemy as a, as a warrior coming after him with a sword and spear. We need to understand that too. See, giving us giving into fear is inviting the enemy into your heart. You're actually allowing Satan to come and take control. When we do fear and we become fearful, I believe it's time to repent. It's time to confess fear as a sin. So many times we don't know how to deal with fear. So it can often just go on and on and on in our lives. Have you noticed that? You can be afraid, but it just keeps on dragging on and on. And yet we're told here to trust God. And it's because we never deal with sin. Second Timothy 1.7 says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of what? A sound mind. So depending on what the situation is you're facing, if it's going to breed fear, that's not a sound mind. And this is something that we really need to trust God with. So if it's not coming from God, it is coming from somewhere else. When we give in to fear, we need to come to the Lord and say, hey, I confess to you that I'm afraid. Tell God that. He knows that anyway. I should be resting in you, but I am not. I'm asking you to forgive me for being afraid. Now, you might have to do that several times a day, but do it. Don't be afraid to talk to God and tell him because he actually knows it already. And the first and the most important thing is to ask him to help you to trust. Lord, give me the power and the strength to keep my eyes on you and trust you. You should be thinking about that every time you face a difficult situation. Get the power and the strength to keep your eyes on God, on Jesus Christ, and to learn to trust. Now, this is the consequence. This is how fear will lose its grip on you. God will be changing you from the inside out. This is why David has said, though I may be tempted to fear, I will not give in and be afraid. Now, that is not a normal human reaction. That has to be something that we understand the power of God in our lives. And we're prepared to actually lay it before him so we're not afraid. Now, verse 7 is David's prayer regarding his enemies. You see, his enemies were very real. Now, it's a strange verse, but I will cry to him, Arise, O Lord, save me, O my God. And this is what he said God will do. He will slap them in the face, insulting them and breaking off their teeth. Now, he's not advocating violence, but he's saying that he's, he, he will just remove the enemy. He'll, he'll take the enemy out uh, that is causing us the fear. Now, sometimes that fear is not physical enemies. Sometimes they may be physical or spiritual. And it could be anger that rises up in you or maybe fear. 
And we're asking God to break its ability in our lives, no matter what it is. So whatever takes your and gives you fear, takes you over, we're asking God to break that. That's what it's really saying. Now, David may be talking about physical enemies, but we know from Ephesians 6, verse 12, listen to this one. For we're not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in heavenly places. You see, we just don't know that what's going on around us spiritually. Satan's got his side who's fighting and trying to destroy us. That's the spiritual enemy. And this is what we're fighting against. This is why we need God's help. So one way we can use the Psalms is to let it speak to whatever issue we're up against. We can ask the Lord to break the power of it over our lives. You see, David is speaking these words of declaration over it, but he not, may not be feeling it. He, he's speaking it. Now, this is something we need to think about. He, he might be speaking these words, but was he actually feeling it? And we see this a lot in Psalms. David would often speak great words of faith, and then he is saying to God, if you don't help me, I am dead. In other words, he's acknowledging that with God's help, we still have a problem sometimes dealing with it. Uh, it seems to be like two people talking. There is the strong man, and then there's a weak man. And we can experience that. The strong man says, the Lord is my refuge and my salvation. In him I will trust. Then you get into the middle of the psalm, and he is saying that he is weary, and his bed is drenched with tears. In other words, there is inside of the strong uh, person coming to uh, ask God to help, there's still the inside of us that sometimes really struggles. It can be a bit confusing, and that came from the same man. You see, David was a man who believed in speaking confidence in the Lord, even if that confidence wasn't what he was feeling. Now, I've heard that quite a few times from people who are in serious trouble. Um, I look, my confidence, I will pray to God, but they still feel inside them that they are struggling. Um, it was because he knew that God was not dependent on his feelings. He knew that the ability of God, the power of God, was not hindered or made more strengthened by his feelings. God is who God is. Therefore, David is able to make a declaration about God regardless of how he feels. That's important. You may not feel that you want to pray to God. Um, that could be just your normal physical reaction. But spiritually, you know, hey, I can talk to God. I can actually ask God something, and he's listening. And that's what David was really saying here. And this is important. We need to get into our hearts. So many times we are captive to our feelings. For example, when I feel afraid, nothing of faith comes out of my mouth. It's fear. I'm really afraid about something, I will talk about it. It's fear. We need to learn to become more like David in the middle of fearing for his life. Yet he says, the Lord is my shield. We must not be governed by our feelings, but instead by faith in God. So he's really saying, hey, if something's going wrong in your life and you do feel fried, fried, afraid, afraid or frightened or 
you know, it, it's a natural consequence. But he's really saying, but I have faith in God, which is stronger. He's my shield. Verse 8 tells us where David's deliverance came from. He knew that deliverance comes from God. What joy, joys he gives to all his people. In other words, he's saying that it is God who delivers us. Our deliverance comes from God. You know, we hear the statement and then we leave church. Now, this is, listen to this one. We hear the statement and you might say, yeah, that's true. And then we leave church and we go through some kind of hardship and instantly try to deliver it ourselves. And we're trying to take ourselves out of it. And this is not what the psalm is saying. There's a far better way that's actually being stated in the psalm. God tells us in Psalm 50, verse 15, Call upon me in the day of trouble. I will deliver you, and you shall glorify me. Now, he's not saying, hey, I'll keep you from trouble, because that's what happens in this world. But he's saying, call on me in the day of trouble. I will deliver you, and you shall glorify me. And the result of those who do this is found in Psalm 107, verse 6. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble. Did he ignore them? No, it carries on. And he delivered them from their distress. I want to just finish by saying, whatever you're going through, whatever is touching your life at the moment, you do have a choice. Now, you're probably going to be afraid of it. Um, this is going to happen. Um, this last verse, 107 verse 6, then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble. They were going through trouble. And then it says, and this is interesting, he delivered them from their distress. Did he actually remove the trouble? Uh, we don't know. But what we're saying that he's delivering us, he's giving us peace that allowed us to sleep even in the midst of trouble. And I pray for you that as you, whatever you're going through at the moment, uh, as an individual, as a family, uh, whether it's in your business, whether it's just in the, the things of life, and we've heard things that were prayed for this morning that are hardships that people are going through. We heard you giving thanks. But you see, the Lord has the power to deliver us, and David knew that, from the distress that could have easily made him live in fear, but he trusted God. And I would pray that this week that you will discover and you'll tell others, hey, I discovered peace in the middle of my circumstances that can only have come from God, and you lead a blessed life. This is why, and you've heard me say it before, um, Christians are a powerful people because they have the assistance of God working through the Holy Spirit. They have the authority of uh, just their Christian faith. Uh, they can cry out, Jesus will talk to the Father. You will understand and get a huge blessing uh, and peace in your circumstances. And man, that's what I would prefer than carrying on and living in fear. So bless you this week as you go in. Put God to the test. He loves to hear from you. Talk to him. Just bring him all your problems. Don't carry the burden yourself. Thank you for letting me share these words with you this morning. Have a wonderful week.